Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard, and we are so excited to talk to you today about one of my favorite subjects, which is related to marketing. And we're going to talk about newsletters. So Carrie, why don't you get us started with the what a newsletter is, and then we can kind of circle back and well, and, I can get us started, whys, but I know that you have a diatribe in you about what needs to be in one. <laughs> so I'm just going to bookmark that and say we need to come back to that. Um, so a new newsletter uh, in the olden days, back in the 80s when I started in the industry, was a printed thing <laughs> that you would print off and make Xerox copies of and put in all your parents' cubbies and then mail to people who were on the waiting list. This meant that it took a significant amount of time and some money because of all those stamps. But now we get to do it much more quickly and, of course, free uh, <laughs> by using, you know, news. Uh, email services like MailChimp, where with the volume that most centers use, they're going to be able to use the free version of MailChimp, or uh, there's several other platforms. But I like MailChimp because it it's related to monkeys, and we know how Kate and Carrie feel about monkeys. <laughs> um, and it is a way to keep your current clients and your potential clients up to date about what's happening at your program and to get them excited about things coming down the pike. So how often, so hold on, how often, I mean, this seems like it's still a fair amount of work. How often should a newsletter be going out within your current parents and, and potential parents? At least once a month, once a week is preferred, um, but at least once a month. And it doesn't have to be all the director's job. Um, one of my favorite ways to build I was a just newsletter. sitting here thinking, I do not have time to do this, Carrie. <laughs> well, one of my favorite ways to build a newsletter is to have a template and to have a little rectangle for each of the classrooms or each of the age groups. So it could be if you have a program that has two infant classrooms, two pre toddler classrooms, two pre-K, two school age, etc. Then you can have one rectangle for the age group um, and then the teachers take turns as to who provides content. And what they're doing is they're like, you know, we're going to be preparing for our field trip to, you know, ABC Farm. So these are some stuff. These are some stuff. These are some things that we're doing in the classroom to prepare for the field trip. Remember, the field trip is on next Thursday and give the date of next Thursday. So they're writing four or five sentences and that's it. And then you add one or two in you know, the way I like to do it, you add one or two photos because the parents are more likely to read the newsletter if there's an op if there's a possibility that they might see their own child or their friend's child in the newsletter. Okay, so I already post photos and this kind of stuff to my social media. Um, I send out an email to parents and we use a um, client relationship manager software. Why would I do this as well? Because if they know every Thursday night, they're going to be able to get all the information in one place. They're going to be more religious about checking that newsletter every Thursday night because it will prepare them for the next week. 
Okay. They okay. get, if they're getting, you know, hi mama notices 12 times during the day, a good number of your parents are going to tune that out because 12 messages a day or even three messages a day is a lot for a good percentage of your clients. Now there's another percentage that think hearing from you 12 times a day in Hi Mama is fabulous. So you have to be able to reach both kinds of clients, the ones who want to hear from you, it seems like an infinite number of times, <laughs> and those who just want to hear from you to get the information they have to get. And you can use the photos okay. that you were using on social media in your newsletter. You don't have to take new ones. Okay, so I can recycle some of that content too. So yeah. that would be a great way to leverage my time management. Um, you and I often talk about things like source documents. Um, the other thing that I kind of like about what you've just talked about is it's a great opportunity for uh, to create a Google Doc um, where all of the staff have access and they can put fun favorite quotes or stories of the week. Um, and although it'd be great if they were, you know, if you shared them that week, but sometimes they're just better, you know, if they're shared, especially if it was like, say a little kid's response to puddles or rain and, you know, you could share it when it's raining versus maybe necessarily the week that it was, um, quoted from the child or the experience came. I love that idea. So how would telling you know, prospective parents who want to come to my program, how is telling them what we're doing going to be beneficial? I don't understand. So FOMO, fear of missing out. <laughs> um, most, what you want to do is two to, well, two to four times a year, you want to have something really cool that you do at your center that other people don't do at their center. Some programs try to do something cool every month. That's a lot of mental energy <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But if you have something in the spring, at the beginning of spring, you have something at the beginning of the school year and then maybe winter or fall, right? That is really cool that other programs aren't doing. They're going to hear about it in your newsletter. So I talk about this one, probably it's been on the podcast two or three times before, but one of the programs we work with does a preschool prom every fall. No, every spring every spring. And I think the preschool prom is hilarious and is something that no other center in your area is going to be doing in all likelihood. And parents are going to see images of other people's kids in their fancy dresses that usually you only get to wear at Christmas, right? Or Easter. Or Easter, <laughs> right. So the parents buy these fancy outfits for their kids and they only get to wear them once and this gives them a second opportunity to wear them. And um, the kids get so excited by the concept of they're going to a dance. They haven't gotten to the age where they think it's awkward to go to a dance, right? Um, and it's amazing. Or um, programs who do a summer fling and they bring in um, all kinds of splash things and climbing things and, you know, they just for one day, turn their playground into some sort of massive adventure zone. Um, that is another thing that you can write about in the newsletter. And then people are like, wow. So they get a little bit of FOMO, but it could also just be the everyday things that you do at your center that you don't think anything about because it's just what you do at your center, but they're not hearing about it at the center that maybe they chose to enroll in instead of coming onto your program. 
So I keep people on the mailing list even after they've called to tell me they enrolled somewhere else. The joy of electronic newsletters is they can unsubscribe if they don't want the information. But by sending it to them, if they chose to go to another center and that center doesn't tell them anything about upcoming field trips two weeks in advance and they're seeing it in your newsletter, they're like, why, why are we not going to ABC Farm? Um, so that's part of it. Um, let's circle back to, I want, I want to unleash your rant, Kate. What are the things that should be in a newsletter and what are the things that should never be in a newsletter? So I have uh, an interesting theory about uh, email. Um, I am still very much one of those tangible people. And so I think that especially from a long-term marketing standpoint, anytime that you can have an attachment that is a branded PDF, uh, even if it is just the upcoming calendar or a menu or something that requires a response. So what do I mean by that? It requires people to open, download, and print because now they've engaged with your newsletter a couple of times in addition to just reading it. So I like, even if you're just doing a monthly, sending out um, a monthly newsletter um, about the 20th of the month, that basically is the, this is what we've got coming up. And then you have uh, a calendar that includes the field trips, uh, when any money or permission slips or even t-shirts, uh, what they have to wear that day. So um, any sort of fun things. Uh, summer is one of those big time periods where we have a lot going on. And if you can be a parent that has it all in one place in advance, there's going to be parents where that's going to be very beneficial. And so again, if there is a, I need to download and print, um, that is going to be hugely beneficial. And if you have the ability to print it in-house and still give them something tangible, um, I'm not saying that you need to print the newsletter. I'm saying the attachment yeah. because a lot of folks have the, you know, use their cell phone and that's what they have. So the other thing you need to find out from your parents is how and where do they get their content? So um, more and more of our parents are, you know, on their smartphone, you know, 70% of the time, and that's how they consume all of their content. So the, the email newsletter still may not be the best way to reach them. And so we have to periodically survey them um, it's always great to go back and look if you have a customer relations management software that you use in your program, make sure you're going back and checking to see what new features they've added. Um, if it has a web app, um, is there a way to do push notifications to, to create events to allow What's a for push RSVPs? notification? What is that? You used a term and you didn't define it. What's a push notification? So a push notification is where when you create a new announcement or something, it is an, a, a notification that gets pushed to the people who have that app. So even if it is just the updated calendar, and so you've uploaded the PDF um, or you've created it in that app, so it, can, it could be something as simple as something like the team app or band app or remind app, or it could be specific to childcare. And, you know, it's, it's always worth a lot of industry specific software is constantly adding new features. As directors, we are busy. We, we don't think about the new features. We're used to doing things the way we've been doing them. 
And, you know, if you've listened to us at all over the last year and a half, you know that we are definitely a work smarter, not harder kind of philosophy. So if you have to enlist the uh, younger staff that you have to help you go through and make sure that you're getting the most out of that software that you've paid for. Um, It's probably designed to be more than just an accounting software or an attendance software. So um, definitely make sure that you're aware of all the different options. And if you run across a feature that you're not sure how to use and you'd like us to kind of give you some insight on how or when to use that feature, we would love to do that. So make sure that you email us at hello at colorfulclipboard.com. And we will definitely talk to you about, um, because there are so many software and we don't have one as a sponsor, I'm not going to plug one specifically. (laughs) So if you know anybody. (laughs) I mean, the other thing with newsletters is some of those softwares um, and have a newsletter feature in them, whether it's you know, the communication tools like Hi Mama or whatever, or what Kangaroo Time. I don't, anyway, there's so many. Um, A lot of them have a newsletter feature, so you can use the newsletter feature in the app you're already using. You don't have to go to MailChimp if your software already has it. And I love the idea of there being an action that they do inside the newsletter. So they click to download. And if they're smarter with their phone than I am. I download stuff onto my phone all the time and I have no idea where it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love the fact. I don't know where it is. Again, if it's something that's designed to go on a refrigerator, checklist, a calendar, um, something they can use. Um, Again, with summer, it could be, um, you know, 50 things to do in your community. And again, you may have gotten all of the content from the local news newspaper, but you've taken it, formatted it, branded it, and you've now created something that your parents may want because you now have included the local festivals that are perfect for children in their of their age. And again, that increases the FOMO because the other center is not doing that. Exactly. But, you know, and if they are on their phone all the time, if they have to go to their computer, open their email, download and print, again, they are interacting with you every single time they have to do that. Um, There are definitely people who are going to have a different uh, philosophy on that. And that's where you have to get to know your parents. Uh, You have to know your community because, again, we have listeners all across the, the globe. And we have folks in very urban areas, very rural areas. So um, I want you to make sure that you're thinking through what's going to work best with your clients. But you can use a lot of these ideas. And um, checklists, calendars, um, again, times of the year where that's a lot of fun is during holiday seasons. So um, during the winter holidays, during the spring holidays or spring break, um, doing things during the summer. Um, And these checklists, again, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Go look on Pinterest, go look, you know, Google, you know, summer safety tips for infants. Uh, summer safety tips for preschoolers, how to take your preschooler on vacation. So if you listened to our episodes about vacations and vacation tips and and why it's good for you as a director and your staff to make sure that you take vacations, 
Um, giving additional information to your parents about that is also great. Um, give them, you know, especially if you have staff who can write it, you know, if you have a staff who has a, a preschooler and they just took a road trip, have them do, um, you know, a short video perhaps for your social media or write something up for your newsletter. That's basically <laughs> what I learned about my first road trip with a preschooler. Um, you know, the content doesn't have to be specific about what is happening in your center. That is great. And to me, that is very appropriate for things like, you know, a Facebook group or some sort of regular communication. But if you're thinking about a newsletter being something that goes to a wider audience and not just your parents, making it something that they want to open, that they're curious what your freebie of the month is or, um, they want to hear that story about somebody's first road trip with a preschooler and an infant or going to an amusement park. Um, again, we have a lot of people traveling this summer. Uh, everybody has been kind of, you know, inside their house for, you know, 14 plus months. And so summer of 2021, people are out and about and since they're just going to, to state parks or national parks, but you know, others are taking much larger trips and they're still doing it by, by car. And and uh, so we need to make sure that you are in the front of their mind for when they come back. And I, I think, you know, you're you're bringing up a lot of things that are s super valuable. And I want to circle back to when I was talking about having the teachers write in there. Remember, I said they're writing four to five sentences. <laughs> so they're not writing a whole lot. So you still have room for the quality ad, the, the articles, those kinds of things. Absolutely. And that's a great way to word that. And so again, if you didn't hear Carrie, she called it a quality ad. So that's a not, not an advertisement, it's an addition. So make sure that you're thinking about it's more than just the classroom updates that could be a part of your newsletter. So that's the other thing that I like uh, about newsletters is making sure that you have things that people can anticipate. So there's going to be, you know, upcoming dates, classroom updates, perhaps a couple of photos. Um, again, maybe you have somebody who likes to cook and you want to do a recipe sharing section. Uh, this is a great opportunity to get your staff involved, find out what their interests are. Um, if yeah. you do do a weekly newsletter, it doesn't have to be long every time. And so it could be that the first of the, the first week, there's a recipe and the second week is a travel tip or an activity tip for the weekend. And maybe the third week is um, a different type of things to do when it's raining or when you're stuck inside or when it's too dang hot to go outside. And maybe the fourth one is a safety tip. Absolutely. And then the fifth one for those months, you've got five weeks. Um, I, I like maybe places to donate your, you know, no longer needed toys or clothes or, you know, how to get rid of the clutter of childhood from your, from your household. Um, you know, I find that parents frequently accumulate a huge amount of stuff and then they complain that they don't have any room to live their life. <laughs> So that might be a good thing for those rare fifth weeks. Absolutely. So again, Carrie and I could probably sit here all day and brainstorm ideas and things that we think would be great in a newsletter and almost too much uh, and too many ideas. And so that's why I like a Google Doc. Um, it gives you an opportunity to have multiple people contribute ideas. And if you've always got the ideas there, 
than whatever staff you have delegated this task to. So unless this is something you love to do, delegate it. Okay, this is not a thing that has to be close to the vest for you. Um, it is a very easy item to delegate to another staff person. It could be an up and coming staff person. It could rotate again, if the content's there and you've designed and agreed on a format, then all you're talking about is having somebody who literally cuts and pastes in the content. And, um, if you have a schedule even better. Um, so one last thing to do though, when you're thinking about newsletters and communication with parents is to look at how all of it goes together. And so make sure that if you are on social media that you reference the newsletter in social media and in your newsletter you re reference your social media. Uh, it's not that you can't recycle or duplicate some content, but make sure that you leave some unique content in both places so that feature at uh, addition um, or the attachment are good ideas to things to talk about on social media and tell them to get from the newsletter. Yeah, and you can have ways for people to subscribe to the newsletter who haven't come on a tour, who haven't filled out your inquiry thing on your website, but they have seen on social media you talking about, you know, the newsletter's coming out and it's going to have this freebie in it. If you want to get on the newsletter, here's how to do it. Absolutely. Okay, so speaking of freebies, I'm going to end with this and then if Carrie wants to add something else, she can and we'll try to keep it to our, our approximate time. But when you start thinking about your community relationships, and I call this partnerships and marketing, and so I want you to think about if there is a business in your community that you have a similar demographic reach, um, and it could be something as simple as the local ice cream shop, and perhaps there is an opportunity for exactly what Carrie mentioned, a true freebie. And maybe it is just for the kids in the families in your program who get your newsletter. They can use a coupon to go get a free ice cream or a free French fry or um, a free upsize of something. So they, they pay for a small, but they get a medium, um, that kind of component. And sometimes these businesses already have these. And so this isn't necessarily new to them. Um, you just get permission to put it in your newsletter as an add-on. So in other words, something that you actually have to download or save the picture. Um, that's pretty common with social media and with the uh, uh, fundraising flyers, right? You have to show the flyer at the, um, at the cash register. So um, definitely think about, you know, you know, Taco Tuesdays. Is there a, a, a place in town that does uh, Mexican food that might really get into a free kids taco with every adult taco purchase? And that becomes something that you have once a month. So yep. um, definitely look at ways to expand your reach and to um, get other people excited about being a part of your uh, program and really uh, capitalize on FOMO. We may have to do a whole FOMO um, yep. episode. I, I think I'm going to just, my last thought is to create a list of, or a group of those articles that you're going to want to have and a two-year rotation of them. Because even if a parent is with you for eight years, they're not going to remember that you sent out this article about potty training two years ago. <laughs> because they weren't interested in potty training two years ago because they had a baby. And now they have a toddler and they're like, aha, potty training is interesting. 
Or maybe they have a five-year-old and they're like, oh, I remember when she sent out a similar article. They're not going to remember that it's the exact same article. So if you have two years worth of those articles, then you don't ever have to write them again. So you might write them once and then you're done. So... And in, in, in that same vein, um, CEY Press uh, often has done some of these white paper kind of articles. And so if you have an interest in having some articles that are literally handed to you, uh, reach out to us at hello at colorfulclipboard.com and we will do the research and find out um, and give you some resources for that. Um, as well as the rates. Uh, again, nobody's paying us, so we're not going to promote them, but there are resources out there. <laughs> and uh, we hope that this has answered some of the, the, the whys and the hows of newsletters. Okay. Thank you so much, guys. And, you know, we hope that you're enjoying your summer and that we are offering just a little bit of brain food to keep you going through these hot, hot months. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.